Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 379, May 7th, 2020. The record high on this day occurred in 1963 when it was 92 degrees, which meant kids were going swimming on Aquaside weed free beaches. Mm-hmm. This early, this early, I bet, in 1963 when it was 92, and it was as low as 27 in 1885. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Greetings, Mayor. I have gracefully accepted defeat and have come to terms with the fact that I will have to listen to that godforsaken share grind away during the podcast. (laughs) I'm not going to pull an Alec Baldwin and declare a move to Canada because I didn't get my way politically and then not really move. I love my town too much for that, so I'm staying, and this will be my last communication on this subject. I would like some clarification, however, on your recent actions and how they differ from my non-mythical town political leaders. You promised a a squeak-free episode for the opener. Myself and the other two Harley guys even prepared a sign that said, Thank you, Mayor, that we were going to take a picture with in our workshop, garage door open, holding our greatest beers ever, and send to you. My hopes were dashed as the squeaking started seconds into the broadcast. I walked to the dumpster. The recycling one, of course, as I am a good GLer, and threw the sign away, wondering why my beloved mayor did not hold up to his word and how he so easily moved on as if the promise was never made. Is he operating on some third rail of GL politics? No, I said to myself, that can't be so. Then a half hour or so into the show, you chastise yourself for bringing in a different chair and realized it was as bad as your previous chair. You said something like, I told Marty I would bring in a new chair, and this one is worse. My ears perked up thinking that you realize your error and would actually do something about it that the third rail does not and never will exist in GL. I began looking forward to Monday's squeak-free show and the redemption of my beloved mayor. I need to get that sign out of the dumpster, I thought. Promises to him do matter. Well, a hit play on Monday's show, and there it was again. (laughs) As the show progressed, you read an email from another GLer asking why you were still using a squeaky chair. You then read another email, but this one in opposition to removing the chair. This letter was in support of your view. It's the pontoon. She liked the noise. Keep the chair. You finished the letter announcing that it was a CI girl who wrote that letter in support of your view, and you closed by snidely saying, I guess I won that debate. I realize this is not a math-forward show, but my math says that you lost that debate, two votes to get rid of the chair and one to keep. Do those that agree with you get two votes to our one? so that you can break the tie, or maybe they get three votes and we just get one in an underhanded attempt to guarantee your political victory? Is this CI girl letter uh, the hanging chad of GL? Let me cut to the chase. If this letter is presented to your constituents on the next episode, as it is being done, it will be Positive Thursday. You have a couple of ways to turn this situation into a positive for us GLers. Either this third rail has been constructed and you can tell us why it is good for our town for our mayor to jump on that rail with the rest of our real politicians, or you can accept the fact that you had an error in judgment and deliver that squeak-free broadcast we were promised. I close by saying, 
With or without that chair, I've lived in GL far too long to leave over a squabble, so I will continue to listen. Additionally, I have a show recommendation for you that is eerily tracking what we are going through with this COVID lockdown. I found that the Ken Burns documentary, The Dust Bowl, was, uh, was the answer to that. Still pushing back and always a loyal constituent, Marty. Okay, Marty, here's what I did, tough guy. I went out to the garage 45 minutes ago, <laughs> and I rummaged around because if I don't have the chemical, you don't need it. And I found uh, something called Blaster uh, Synthetic Lubricant, not WD-40, Synthetic Lubricant. I brought it down here. I turned this 50-pound chair over, and I soaked that sucker. Every little mechanical piece I could find, I soaked it. And listen, getting a little better, isn't it? Not bad. Huh? Not bad. Huh? Getting well, a little better. Well, Doing the best I so. can. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the best I can. Uh, Banker Joe writes, it takes a man to admit he was wrong. It takes a woman to never be wrong. But it takes a mayor to be wrong and convince, convince his constituents he had the correct position the whole time. Enjoying the show more every day. Thanks, Banker Joe. Referring to yesterday in the revelation that uh, nature is fighting nature. And we need to embellish that today. <laughs> Sorry. That was a long squeak. <laughs> Did I just squeak? Did I squeak? <laughs> Shoot. I, I'm trying. I, I, hey, you're making the effort. What I'm going to have to do is take the damn chair outside and, and maybe take it apart. Oh, please take video of that. Yeah. Here's the deal. Not only has the political class decided that they are fit to fight nature, which they cannot, in so doing... We, their subjects, in essence, have been taken out of the game. Our immune systems have been taken out of the game. We're not, we're not fighting this the way pandemics have been fought since the beginning of time. Our immune systems need to get in the game. And they're not allowed to be getting in the game. And they're not allowed in the game in many nonsensical ways. The, the great buying a pair of pants analogy. I can buy a pair of pants at Target, but I can't support the, the small men's clothes, men's clothing store on Main Street. We're, our immune systems have been taken out of the game as though we are uh, some, sort of, uh, some sort of medical ward of the state that needs to be monitored and taken care of. And, and that won't work. Uh, here is something that's shocking for two reasons. One, the statistic is shocking. And two, I'm, I'm pleasantly shocked that it was released to the public. Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo disclosed yesterday that a recent survey found 66% of the coronavirus patients recently admitted to the hospital in the state of New York were infected despite largely remaining in their homes during the ongoing outbreak. The governor said during a press conference that more than 100 hospitals across New York participated in a survey involving 1,000 patients, and the data showed that two-thirds of new admissions were individuals who had sheltered in place without venturing out. 66%. Como uh, pulled up a chart compiled by state health officials explaining, if you notice, 18% of the people came from nursing homes. Less than 1% came from jail. 2% came from the homeless population. 2% from other congregate 
congregate facilities, but 66% of the people were at home, which is shocking to us. He continued, this is a surprise. Overwhelmingly, the people were at home. We thought that they were taking public transportation, and we've taken special precautions on public transportation. But actually, no, because these people were literally at home. They weren't working. They weren't traveling, Como added, according to NBC. We were thinking that maybe we were going to find a higher percent of essential employees who were getting sick because they were going to work. Uh, That was not the case. These people were at home. What does it tell you? The virus doesn't give a bleep where you are. It's nature. It's going to do what it wants to do. It's going to... We can't control it. How many times... God bless Como for releasing this. Do you see my... uh, you see my surprise at why he would release this? It goes against everything he's been saying. That's kind of what I was thinking, yes. It goes against everything he's been saying, everything Walls has been saying, everything most governors have been saying. You must shut down. The opposite is true. It turns out if we accept the fact that we are not bigger than nature, then what in God's name are we doing hiding in our basements? The virus is going to do what the virus does. It doesn't make any difference if you're home. Theory for you, Such, in regards mm-hmm. to New York. Are they staying at home in single-family homes, or are they in apartment buildings where there's one general heating system and intake systems that draw air from all apartments... <laughs> shove it through the furnace and then direct it all back out at separate apartments. No, you know the sur- I mean? no, Yes, I do, but the survey didn't make that clear. And speaking of staying in single homes, you know, GLers, uh, a lot of you uh, send me stuff and you're not doing your homework. Uh, I got an email, I can't remember who it was from, uh, who said, and thus it begins, Ventura County, California, to take people with COVID-19 out of their homes and quarantine them in special facilities. And I thought, uh, no, I thought to myself, yeah, we're screwed up, but I'm not buying that. So I fact-checked it, and that's that's exactly not what's going to happen. And and uh, you both gave me a panic attack. Yeah, well, what, what what well well it went out on one of these sites that I don't trust, and it says uh, and they and whoever wrote this for the site, I think it was. Uh, oh my word! Do I have the site still? I can't remember what the site was, but one that I would be predisposed to always checking on for its veracity. In any event, the uh, the Dr. Robert Levine, the uh, health director for Ventura County. Uh, clarified that the county cannot force someone out of their home due to COVID-19. He said his comments were referring to motel rooms the county could make available to persons who become exposed and can't self-isolate. Since the start of the outbreak, the county has repurposed four motels to allow the homeless to be isolated rather than congregating in large groups while the coronavirus is still spreading. Uh, those staying at the motels are fed. And Levine said any decision to leave home and stay in a motel would be up to the individual. And other than homeless right now, it does not appear that any COVID-positive residents have taken advantage of this option. This went out on social media as that they were going to gather people up and uh, take them out of their homes. And that's I, I smelled a rat, and the rat has been found. That's not true. Uh, unfortunately... <laughs> You know, could be someday, 
but it's not true. How about our fishing opener? Let me lean back. Let me lean back and see if I can do it squeakless. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a haunted chair. It really does. (laughs) Or the, uh, what's the James Brown sounder? The one that you guys would always play? Oh, where he opens the tube? Yeah. Yeah, the the casket. Yeah. Okay, you guys have read the... uh, uh, the I restrictions have, yes. placed on uh, the fishing opener, and it's yeah. not law. Which, it's it's not law. It's recommendations, right? But did you read it and just go, uh, no, 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 right. and no? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, we are being admonished to go fishing only as far as a half a tank of gas can take us. Yep. So the other half a tank of gas can get you home. Sure. They because they don't want you going to a gas station. Mm-hmm. They don't want you going to a small store. Uh, on the way home, you'll have to pass the resort that you made a reservation for and then had to cancel. Uh, we're being treated like medical wards of the state. This is yeah. absurd. I can't stop at a gas station where the owner of the station needs the money as much as I need the gas. Yeah, and I was going to say the per- the people that object to this the most are those that rely on those dollars. You know, I got disinfectant wipes in the car. If I feel it necessary, I'll wipe down the gas pump handle. And after I get done handling the money, I'll give my hands another swipe with the disinfectant wipe, get back in the car, and see you later. You're telling me I should only go on one tank? You're also telling me I should buy everything locally. I got to get the gas locally. I got to get my provisions locally. That's the one that really (laughs) stuck in my craw. That really made me mad. I can't stop up at Eli's or whatever the hell the name of it is and buy a bucket of minnows. I got to haul the poor minnows who could get car sick. (laughs) (laughs) They're just going to die, let's face it. (sighs) We need to be allowed back in the game. Now, you you, euphorians, who you love to listen, but you can't admit it to your friends, garage logicians are not at all flirting with death. Garage logicians are not at all advocating or wishing illness upon everyone. What garage logicians are acknowledging and recognizing is that we must combat this insidious attitude that's developed over the last 50 years since the Hong Kong pandemic. We have surrendered to the political class a belief that they are as important and as powerful as nature that scientifically cannot be proven. The old saying from yesterday, we can put a man on the moon, but we can't cure the common cold. Right, because it's nature. We cannot stop this virus any more than you can cap uh, 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 an eruption of a volcano. You can't stop this virus. 66% in New York came from shutdowns. You can't stop this virus any more than you can stop a tornado or stop a hurricane. You cannot do it. It's nature. And where we've gone wrong in our spoiled, entitled Western society wealth and entitlement is that we've allowed, too many people are allowing themselves to believe that that nature is an inconvenience to man and must be dealt with. Thus, your climate change movement, which is, which is utter BS. These are political movements. 
And it has nothing to do with the government having any capacity whatsoever to handle a virus. The government can be useful in funding research and encouraging scientists to come up with vaccines and struggling to find the right medicine and making sure hospitals are uh, able to take care of the most vulnerable. But in the meantime, we should be going fishing and stopping where we want and our immune systems are then in the game. They're not in the game right now. And if you think you can stay at home for 18 months and play this game of betting that mankind can control nature, you're going to lose. You'll, you might emerge healthy, but to what world? To what economic system? To what? Unemployment numbers are unimaginable in this state and all throughout the country. So when do you think it will turn? Uh, it won't until politicians who will be, re- not because they're bad people, not because Walls is a bad guy. I don't believe Walls is a bad guy. But it won't turn until people like Walls throw up their hands and say, look, uh, we've come to the realization, we've looked at the past uh, uh, behavior of these viruses. We, we've been taking us all down the wrong road. We cannot fight this virus by hiding from it. It finds you. We can do the best we can, is what the government should say. We can do the best we can. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Uh, Wash your hands. If you uh, are are unnerved by uh, large groups of people, adjust your plans. Uh, Other than that, there's not a damn thing you can do. Nothing. Nothing. It's a force of nature. It's not a force of man. Can I get an amen, brother? Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother, but will they reach that conclusion? No. I, I, don't, I don't see them coming to that end. So it's through May 18th, so we're talking 11 days from now. Your prediction is that he pushes the goalpost even farther? Well, if if, if walls can be... Because uh, I have a, oh, go, go, ahead. No, go I, ahead. I was just going to say, I actually think he might open up on the 18th because there has been... So much outcry from the restaurant uh, people and, and, and some businesses that I, I think he might open up on the 18th. Such, this is so ridiculous. I, In between shifts this morning, I was in a convenience store. I was in uh, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware on Lake Street, and I was in uh, an, auto st- uh, an auto parts store. Uh, had gloves and mask on the whole time, as did most of the customers and all of the employees, and everything was just fine. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. can I go into those places and I can't go into other places? Why is it I need to go to a marine store and everyone I've, I've looked at and contacted, I have to order ahead of time and then meet them out front? Well, uh, that's not going to work. I, I need to go in there and touch this crap. I need to see if it's going to fit. Why can't I do that if we protect ourselves the way these essential businesses do? And you talked to Bob yesterday. Uh, They're all set up. They've got the guards in place. They're ready to go. They're ready to throw open the doors. They can't do it. Have you ever heard of something called Hanlon's Razor? No. I have not. This is from uh, John Brett. Hanlon's Razor is a means of eliminating unlikely explanations or conspiracy theories. Never attribute to malice that which is 
adequately explained by ignorance, negligence, or incompetence. Oh, I like it. On considering Governor Walz's and other officials' arbitrary orders regarding which businesses or activities are allowed, I keep trying to give them all the benefit of the doubt. But then there are these exceptions. Overnight camping in the Boundary Waters not allowed. Drive-in theaters not allowed. Crowded big box stores allowed, but not small retailers. Tennis and basketball not allowed, even though there is overwhelming evidence young people under 30 have almost zero risk of falling gravely ill or dying due to COVID-19. These examples and others simply defy common sense. Applying Hanlon's razor, one must either assume Walls is either incompetent, ignorant, or acting with ill will. I'm not able to believe one can be so incompetent or ignorant that has risen to his position, nor am I willing to say he is badly intentioned. However, the longer these arbitrary rules are applied and our economy is grievously damaged, doubt creeps in on just what the hell he is up to. I think I can be helpful to the emailer here in a moment. Arbitrary rule is not just rule, and I don't feel like anyone in the ruling class appreciates the devastation to our economy and quality of life these stay-at-home orders orders are having now and far into our future. I'm hearing 40% of restaurants will not reopen. What restaurant can continue to operate meeting 25% capacity restrictions? Food shortages are on the near horizon, joblessness, businesses destroyed, and a government and a media that all too often uh, break our trust is setting us up for potentially volatile future that we should not be ignoring. Each day the shutdown, shutdown continues, I can't help but wonder how many more weeks we'll need to recover. The damage to our nation's quality of life has to be weighed into the calculus of our public policy and efforts to mitigate the impact on life due to COVID-19. Efforts that have very little empirical evidence to suggest their validity. 66% in New York came to the hospital recently after staying at home. Or I, I added that. We're asked to trust the experts who seem to have little regard to the real-life consequences on our economy. The UN is predicting 130 million deaths due to famine because of COVID-19 and the shutdowns. The business of America is business. Our success has ended wars and improved the quality of life for people all around the world. I'd argue we as a nation can save more lives and limit more suffering worldwide by wisely and protecting those most at risk, ending the shutdown. Let me go back to uh, Hanlon's razor because I love the definition. Never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by ignorance, negligence, or incompetence. In other words, don't buy the first conspiracy theory you, you hear when it's far more likely that we've just been subjected to ignorance, incompetence, or uh, uh, negligence. I, I, would not, I would attribute to Walls only ignorance, not incompetence or negligence. Uh, I don't think he's an ignorant man, but I think he's... He's bought into, which most of the political class has done, he's bought into the paradigm or the dynamic that his principal function as a politician is to ensure safety. That's a, that's a different kind of safety than us having an armed forces, for example. He's mm-hmm. bought into the idea that safety is the paramount virtue he can bequeath to his constituents. And I don't think he's alone in that. He's not alone in that. I wouldn't attribute that to a conspiracy. I wouldn't attribute that to incompetence. I wouldn't attribute that to negligence. I would attribute that to the ignorance of the fact 
that how in God's name are you supposed to confront a virus? By taking my immune system out of the game. The other thing I would do is I would open as quickly as possible with obvious wise counsel. I would open as quickly as possible to prevent civil unrest. Because people in far cruder ways are going to be coming to the same conclusions that we've been coming to for the last 48 hours. Yeah, and they already have. Yep. Right. And and we've seen, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to be civil, and uh, we all should be willing to be gracious, but we should also literally say a prayer that the political class comes to its senses. They, 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 they worship so stridently, at, at, so fervently at the altar of taking care of us, telling us how to behave, that, that it apparently doesn't bother them that the economy's going to hell. It's, it can't continue this way. It can't continue this way. No, and I, I agree with you. And I, like we said yesterday, we took the appropriate, I'll foghorn myself, I'll foghorn myself, action at the very beginning because we of needed so much to. unknown, and, and we absolutely needed to. But I think now it is time to start reopening everything because what I just saw a headline. 3.2 million more people in this country just filed for unemployment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that goes up every, every single day. day. Yes, every day I hear Channel Five talking about uh, the unemployment rate and how it's growing uh, incredibly fast, both in Minnesota and nationwide. Another thing I wanted to mention is the second wave that we've all been worried about coming this fall. Wouldn't the second wave and 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 the fact that it's on the way wouldn't that back up everything you've just said in the last twenty minutes, Such? I was glad you were saying that. Wouldn't our immune systems be better capable of a second wave than they are now? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. Here's why I could lead to civil unrest. And God, I, I urgently pray that that does not happen. When you take the American citizen out of the game, you break his spirit. Yeah. You break her spirit. You take you take us out of the game. You've rendered us nothing but medical wards of the state, which is no more qualified to handle a virus than any of us. They're just people like the rest of us. Kenny, you're breathing like you're underwater. <laughs> I just I just flashed on what life must be like under communism in Russia where you stand in line to get your two potatoes every day. Uh. See I don't I don't want to go down that road. It's so dire and so it's just so dark and it's just so typical of many uh many talk shows and podcasts. I really really try hard. I don't I don't want to go down that road. What I keep rooting for is common sense to prevail. I keep rooting for garage logicianship to prevail in the marketplace. I keep rooting for guys like Tim Walls, who I think's a good guy. I don't think he's a bad guy as I've said many times. He he doesn't get up in the morning and and rub his hands together and say, "Hot damn, I got another day to control the people." No. 
But what he does is he gets up in the morning and he's immersed in a political class that has adopted this as their playbook. They've adopted the idea that they must be the ones who control behavior in order to safeguard us from illnesses real or imagined. This one's not imagined. It's very real. But if this is going to be the precedent, then why would I be wrong in thinking that it will come to the day when we're locked down for a flu season? And Joe, I don't disagree with you, but if common sense has not prevailed to this point, what makes you think it will at some point? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I, uh, I don't know what the breaking point is. Uh, but, but just look at the way the people who want to go fishing are being treated. I know. You, they're being advised not to even go to their own place under the guise of, well, you don't want to bring the illness to a rural area that might be free of it. That's very understandable. Uh, but, you know, if you go to your cabin and take precautions and maybe limit your exposure uh, to, to the rural uh, year-round residents, uh, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to go to your cabin. And who are going to be the, the gas monitors? You know, the DNR are going to look at your, oh, wait, are you on E? Are you on half a tank? Because you can't be stopping until you get home. Yeah, that's my question. Are they going to try to enforce these made-up rules no, that are not no. written down in law? Not this, not today, not in May of 2020. I, if this continues, what is May of 2025 going to look like? How do the locals up there like the fact that now we're not going to be going into the grocery store to buy supplies? We're not going to go to the bait store to buy minnows and leeches and fishing junk. We're, you know, we're not going to be going to the marina to buy gas. How do they like that? Does it depends. anybody ask them? Sure. There's quotes in the paper by many who say, uh, we don't want your germs, and many who say, we want your business. It depends how many people have bought into this notion that they're bigger than nature. We're not bigger than nature. If you think you're bigger than nature, why in the hell are you wearing a face mask? <laughs> you're That's not bigger than nature. That's uh, narcissism at its worst. Not really wearing is. one? Not wearing uh, one? Thinking you're bigger than nature. Of course it is. It's a theme we've discovered, however, accidentally, though, in GL. It gives rise to many of the uh, tributaries of the mystery that we continue to discover. It stems from mankind, well, I could really get heavy and say basically mankind losing faith in a higher being and believing that uh, they're in control of the situation. We ain't in control. We ain't in control. We're the subjects of nature. We're not its master. Oh, my God. What? What? Uh, remember, and I apologize. I know Johnny Heights listening, so I apologize if Johnny has this in his news. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott Peterson just sent me a MinPost article. Mm -hmm. Remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, you were predicting that this would result in the growth of government? Yeah. <clears throat> Minnesota's Department of Health is asking for tens of millions of dollars to build a massive apparatus for finding and isolating those who have tested positive for COVID-19, as well as those who have come into contact with infected people. A new workforce of up to 4,200 people wow. would work for as long as 18 months in a campaign to stem the spread of infections. That level of employment would be two and a half times the current staffing level of wow. the state health department. 
Couple how are things. They pay f- how are they going to pay for that if nobody's working and nobody can pay their bleeping taxes? They're going to raise your taxes the minute you're working again to sustain to sustain them. Remember, none of them have been laid off. None of them have been furloughed. None of them have taken a pay cut. But the real the real telling uh, uh, lie wow. in that piece, the lie in that piece is for 18 months. B is in B, S is in S. If you build away. it, it's going to be here forever. And again, yep. read me the opening premise. Yep. Uh, Minnesota's Department of Health is asking for tens of millions of dollars to build a massive, but temporary, in quotations, apparatus for finding and isolating those who have tested positive for COVID-19 as well as those who have come into contact with infected people. No, that's... that's turn, turn, turn Johnny up. Turn him up. Well, he's... Uh, I don't know if he's if he's still sitting there, he's but I listening. have him on. He's Hi there. Johnny, do you have that piece? I do not have that piece. I was just looking it up after Chris uh, read okay, it. Looking good. for it. Good. You well, those me? are... That, 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 that's, again, that's an expression of belief that is wrong. It's an expression of belief that they are bigger than nature, and if you only give us more money and we get some more computers and build a fancy new building, we'll get on top of it. No, you won't. You want me? No, to, you won't. You want me to keep going? No, <laughs> I can't take like it. Sounds like the health, uh, the health Gestapo to me. Mm-hmm. Medical wards of the state. Hail a flashlight, gang. Hail. Hell you. Hell you. Sorry, I was listening to something in queue. I'm less than a month away from my fifth deployment to the sandbox in defense of this great country. My dad, an east sider from the Nokomis neighborhood, lives in Minnesota currently and is preparing to drive cross country to see me off. He asked me if I need anything from back home. I tell him, well, if you can, stop by that meat market in Hugo. There really is no place here that sells brats. He called me earlier today from inside the meat palace and grabbed a few packages for me. Hopefully this Saturday I'll be throwing those lean pork brats straight on the grill. Can't wait to try the gummy bear brat. You really need to talk to Mr. Grunhofer about figuring out shipping those tasty meat products across this great country. Take care. Keep pushing back. Nick from North Carolina. Nice. I hope, Nick, in North Carolina, before your deployment, those brats from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo are going to be the best you've ever had. And your uh, your sainted father ran up there. It's in Hugo, on the north end of Hugo, on Highway 61. And he loaded up on the, on the brats to take to uh, Nick in South Carolina, who's going back over for a fifth time. I hope those are the damn best brats you've ever had in your life. And while you're at Grunhofer's, there's Burgers and sliders and bacon and ham and salmon and turkey, too. <laughs> Wait, what? What just happened? He I don't know. What, song. what the hell? <laughs> Thick cut bacon and double smoked ham. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned <laughs> Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. We're going to be back with Johnny Height. <laughs> Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra, no-touch, social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in. Social distance customer service. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. 
Before we get to Johnny Height, I'd like to mention our friends over at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. They are available for carryout and delivery. Yes, that's right, through Grubhub. Just go online. Go to 30bales.com. Their menu is is changing all the time. They're a scratch Midwest kitchen, and I know you GLers have supported them through this time, and they greatly appreciate it. Todd and Tom are the longtime owners of that place, and they are big-time fans of Garage Logic. Their uh, operating hours kind of fluctuate during the week, but they are open Tuesday through Sunday. Go online, check out their entire menu. I'm going to probably pick some up this weekend, and then call ahead. They'll have it ready for you to pick up or delivery through Grubhub. Their website again, 30bales.com, and please make sure that you mention to them that you heard about it on the GL Podcast. Here's Johnny Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Minneapolis area realtors' new report found pending sales, showings, and listings are going up for the first time. Since the pandemic hit in mid-March, the report's author wrote it's too early to say the worst is behind us with the COVID-19 housing market, but says it is a positive sign. Other positive signs, we have uh, some more openings we can talk about. Uh, one store opening up again uh, should be a good test for social distancing. The big candy store in Jordan is preparing to reopen this weekend. You ever been there? Oh, yeah. No. No, but what's it, what's the rationale? Why are they why are they uh, being acknowledged to open? What well, what have they, they done actually, right? Their owners said they met with the governor about six weeks ago, and got the green light to open then, but uh, decided not to until now. Okay, uh, but uh, the place is is shoulder to shoulder pretty much all the time, uh, but they've made some changes. They said in the store uh, they've taken some space out. Uh, or made more space, excuse me, taking some displays out. Where I drive by it when I go from uh, Carver to Henderson, Joe, so I've, I've seen it quite a bit the last couple of weeks. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's a fun place. but uh, It's a great store. I, I do like that. And if you have kids, I, it's a you have oh, to stop there if you have kids. Can't, yeah. can't beat it. Uh, it opens up again on May 8th, which would be what? This Friday. Be tomorrow, John. That would be tomorrow, wouldn't it? I'm looking right at my camera. How's quarantine going there, Johnny? Oh boy, Johnny. <laughs> what day is this again? <laughs> <laughs> the St. Paul Saints have issued the organization's COVID-19 readiness plan for CHS field. The plan will be followed once the field is permitted to open. According to Sean Aronson, Director of Media Relations and Broadcasting with the Saints, the plan adheres to guidelines provided by the CDC and the Minnesota Department of Health. Uh, the new plan would limit the number of customers in for a game to around 1,800. A lot of space open, in other words. It lays out procedures for sanitation, social distance seating, and staff policies. Speaking of sports, Joe, what time do you want to meet up so we can uh, watch the NFL schedule release tonight on TV? Yeah. Is that, huh? that tonight? Yeah, you want to hang three, out? Three hours. Three no, hour I, show. I don't uh, I think I have a thing. Grab a couple beers and watch the schedule release. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, one you, I'm sorry, announce. Johnny. You watch, yeah, though, right. because there's there's such a thirst for sports right now. It'll have mm-hmm. it'll have a bigger number than last year's NHL Stanley Cup Finals. I guarantee it will. It'll be that's big. that's sad. I know. I know. Uh, one other closing to report: uh, Organizers of St. Paul's Irish Fair of Minnesota have decided already to cancel the August event. Uh, event. The weekend of the event usually brings out thousands of folks to Harriet Island to celebrate Irish culture and heritage. The organization is already planning for next year's fair, they said, now scheduled for August 13th through the 15th of 2021. 
Uh, that story, Chris, that you brought up earlier, Minnesota might need 4,000 more workers to identify and isolate the number of COVID-19 infections, according to a state official. It's just it's criminal. Result. It's criminal. Known as contact tracers, they are a vital part of what is being called the test, trace, and isolate strategy that the state has embraced to count the spread of the new coronavirus. Deputy Health Commissioner Margaret Kelly said we're going to need to dramatically build up our capacity an increase in testing, especially in response to outbreaks in food processing plants and long-term care facilities, has meant that the number of confirmed cases has jumped 85% in the past week. With a complement of 150 workers to interview the new cases and to call their contacts who might be at risk of becoming ill, the state could be in danger of falling behind, she says, on preventing any new illnesses. They can't. They're not bigger than nature. Okay. Noted. <laughs> that was an outburst. Yes. Mm-hmm. A member of the U.S. Navy who serves as one of President Trump's personal valets has tested positive for coronavirus. Now, the valets are members of an elite military unit dedicated to the White House and often work very close to the president and first family. Trump was upset when he was informed Wednesday, according to sources. He was subsequently tested again by the White House physician and tested negative. In a statement, the White House confirmed CNN's reporting that one of the president's valets had tested positive. John? Uh, the t- yes. <clears throat> Are you approving of the uh, current method of handling this uh, coronavirus epidemic in the state of Minnesota? Are you approving of the uh, shutdown orders? Are you approving of the fact that you can buy pants at Target but not at a small men's store on Main Street? Are you approving I, of I, all this? I, I do not understand that part. I don't understand why... I can walk into Walmart and buy whatever I want or Target, uh, but I can't, uh, you know, go to a clothing store on Main Street in Oka and buy. Because a pair here, of pants here, here's to. here's a question for us, boys: If mm-hmm. this is the way yes. we're going to treat this pandemic, how are you going to treat the next one? But is there going to be one this serious? And I mean, why would there? Has it been? Oh, yeah. Why why wouldn't there be? Well, it's been what forty years, fifty years, fifty years since the Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah. Well, John, that's an optimistic view. Uh, I would prefer to think that there's obviously going to be another one. And if you're going to treat us like this during this one, what in God's name hope do we have for the next one? Well, I'll make notes so that in 50 years when we're doing the GL podcast, (laughs) uh, we'll be able to come circle back on this talker. I think the real question here he's asking you, John, is are you on board with us? Yeah, to open things up? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yes. Yeah. But I think you also have to be, to use caution, as a I, person, I, I, you I, have I, to use I've caution. Never, I've never said we should go out and look to get sick. Uh, given the situation, I'm going to throw a mask on. Hmm. Well, me too, yes, and, yeah, and that's what yeah. I mean. You have to be careful. But I, I, I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not naive. I, I, I'm susceptible uh, to get it. I guess by wearing a mask, I'm doing my neighbors a Favor, right? Uh, I could be asymptomatic and be carrying it. Yeah, allegedly, yes. Yeah. Uh, Would now? Would you? uh, I haven't. We haven't addressed this in a week or so. When things, let's say tomorrow, uh, you can go to a ball game. Would you go to a ball game tomorrow? No. Well, well, what are you talking about? A Twins game? Are you saying you know the sure Twins game? Sure. Only (laughs) because I'm not worried about people sitting next to me. I'm worried about those people behind me that always spill beer on me anyway, (laughs) and they're breathing, and it's falling right down on my head and shoulders. Uh, How about going to going going to ball games does not factor 
significantly into my daily life. I go to a few a year, so I sure. don't. Maybe tomorrow I wouldn't go because it's only going to be fifty degrees. And I, I'm going to say no. And the only reason I'm saying no, John, is because I can't get my wife infected in the you know because then she would lose her job. You know what yeah. I mean? And then that, well, that I, I yeah. Well, I'm not going. I, you know, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't go to a ball game and I wouldn't go to a concert, and I won't until mm-hmm. you know I feel safe. Being around that many people, but that close do you to me. think we should um, let them let them play, let let them perform anyway, and let the market sort it out? And I guess uh, this is a question for all of you, John. The longer you say things like, "I'm not, I'm not indicting you personally," I'm I'm saying the longer you, meaning rhetorically you, the sure. longer you, no. the longer you say things like, "I'm not going out till I feel safe," the longer is what what will determine that. That right. date will that date will be hastened by putting our uh, immune systems back into the game. That's what's been disallowed. I have yep. no. How how do you possibly answer when you'll be safe again? You're never going to be I, safe. Nature's out to I, kill us. But I'm going to go out. I go out now. But I'm going to make the decision where I go that I wear a mask uh, until I feel there's some insur- assurance that. I'm not going to get the virus. Well, what will, well, John, what will determine well, that? What will well, determine there's only, there's only one thing. A vaccine. For me. A vaccine. That's the yeah. only thing for me yeah. that would determine that. All right. So if that's a year and a half, it's a year and a half. I don't, you know, I don't see the Rolling Stones, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'll still, you know, go to the store and I'll go, you know, I'm out every day walking. Yeah. Well, you know. This so. virus could wipe out those old coots in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're probably in better shape than we are, Kenny. Come on. Yeah, you're right. At least me, anyway. Yeah. By the way, uh, Hasten, be quick to do something. That's I to, right. I had to look that up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You shouldn't have had to look that up. It's not that difficult. That's so. very strange. Me, me have a Fairbow education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, in Russia, did you see this about the uh, doctors? Oh, they just yes. fell, John. They just fell. They're Another one went out the window, John? <laughs> Mysteriously, they're falling out of hospital windows. We don't know what happened. Heightening public attention to the working conditions for doctors and medical professionals there amid the virus. We talked Uh, about that word. We talked about that word. When you go through a window, it's it's defenestration. Yeah. They've been defenestrated. Yep. Two of the healthcare workers are dead. One remains hospitalized. With extreme prejudice. Right. (laughs) Strangely enough, these uh, people were also folks who had, uh, well, they had criticized the government's uh, take on how to handle all this. It's just purely coincidental. The fact that they couldn't get any equipment to work with. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Just a coincidence. It is. I'm sure it is. The case of a black man in Georgia who was fatally shot in February after being pursued by two armed white men is gaining widespread attention among lawmakers after a graphic video of the incident was released this week. Uh, Aubrey, uh, excuse me, Ahmad Aubrey, 25 years old, was killed February 23rd when 64-year-old Gregory McMichael spotted Aubrey jogging and called 911 to report a black man running down the street. Said he suspected the man was involved in recent burglaries. McMichael called his son, Travis, The pair armed themselves and then tracked Arbery down on the road. The police report says Gregory McMichael told officers he and his son first tried to stop him by shouting, stop, stop, we want to talk to you. The father claimed that Arbery attacked his son and they got into a struggle for a shotgun. Stop right there. 
BS. Uh-huh. I watched the video. The most disheartening thing I've seen in a long time. Very the kid serious. was trying to save his life. He wasn't trying to fight the guy. Yeah. These lying redneck fools better spend every rotten day of their lives left in jail. Every oh, single no, day. Oh, no, no. We, we need to kill them. Okay, do that then. Fine with let's, me. Let's kill them. Yeah. God almighty, we, we, help us. I, I got to thinking, if you're walking or running down a street and a guy gets out of his truck with a rifle and wants to talk to you, what are you going to do? You run like him? hell. Yeah, I'm going to run or fight him, whichever, whichever I have to do. Uh, two shots were fired. Arbery's family maintains she was simply out for a jog at the time. Yeah. Oh, disheartening so, is the perfect word there, it's Joe. It's so disheartening. It's just... Why Why did that stay out of the news from February 23rd? I thought the same thing. My guess would be because of the virus. Yeah. and Well, and also mm. it sounded like the district attorney really didn't want anything to do with it because the son had worked uh, for the police in that area so they basically kind of eh, let's just see if the what the hell year is this is this uh-huh. 1936 wow exactly yeah. yeah every african-american listening right now nodding their heads going uh-huh mm-hmm. yep your last chance to see a super moon tonight comes tonight that's right i'm when not gonna f- miss it <laughs> oh, yes, moon. you are. Oh, no, Kenny. I got this one. I'll, I'll put money down, Joe. I got this one. Hey, boys. I want, I want photographic evidence from you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Boys, come on down. Go outside and look at the moon. <laughs> oh, it's the little girls. Come on, girls. Come on out with Papa Joe. Yeah. Come on, girls. We got to see this moon. As this year's Ida Aquarian meteor shower lights up the night sky, the moon will appear full. According to NASA, the moon will reach its peak 6.45 a.m. Wait a minute, we already missed it? Oh, no, that's, uh, th- yeah, it was this, no, it, it was this morning. Continue, it hey, will uh, continue through Friday You'll, night. you'll see it tonight, it. though. Got it. Yeah. Bad news for you, 6.45 a.m., it's light out. It starts yeah. getting light before 5 a.m. now. Yeah. Well, this will continue. Right, excuse uh, me, before 6, I'm sorry. Through Friday night, May's flower moon is the third and final in a series of supermoons that began in March. The pink supermoon in April came closest to our planet and appeared to be the largest and brightest. March's superworm moon was the second closest full moon overall, according to Earth Sky. A supermoon occurs when a full moon is especially close to Earth. The moon's closeness to Earth makes it look extra close and extra bright, up to 14% bigger, 30% brighter than full moon at its farthest point from earth yeah sunrise uh, is just before 6 a.m first light right around 5 22 a.m i got a follow-up on that kid uh, remember who stole the car the other day the five-year-old yeah. oh yeah. yeah oh yeah the lamborghini kid yeah he, he wanted to buy a lamborghini that's why he's driving to california uh, the five-year-old who took his parents' car with three bucks in his pocket and a dream to buy a Lamborghini finally got a ride in a luxury sports car, but he wasn't driving. Uh, the boy's escapade made international headlines. The family received an offer from a local businessman after all of this. That fella, Jeremy Nevis of Orm, Utah, offered the boy, Adrian Zamaripa, a spin in a two-seater hurricane. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> the family took up Nevis on his offer to drive Adrian around the block on Tuesday, the day after the he was block? returning home. Oh, I would have hoped he would have taken him out and stretched the cables, right. man. All right, kid, let's, get out. <laughs> you ain't driving that thing unless you're redlining. Let's go. Spool it up. 
Neves, who owns a mobile phone company, Excite Satellite, said, by taking him for a ride, I could bring his dream a little closer and show him that it's possible. Uh, the family uh, took up Nevis on the offer. The boy told the Utah Highway Patrol when he was arrested, well, he wasn't really arrested, when he was picked up, that he fled his home in his parents' car after mom told him she wouldn't buy him a Lamborghini. He took the keys to the car without the family's knowledge, hopped in the Dodge Journey, made it as far as the interstate before he was pulled over. Highway Patrolman initially thought the child was an impaired driver since he was all over the road. He did drive, uh, leave with a plan to drive from Ogden, Utah to California and buy a Lamborghini for $3. I forget, and forgive me if you mentioned it, uh, did we establish mm-hmm. how far away from home he, he got before he was stopped? Uh, he was gone for about 30 minutes. Uh, that's We don't have a mile estimate. Well, if it was Kenny, the, he would have gone If it was gone Kenny, he gone 38 miles. Yeah. <laughs> in 30 minutes. Yeah. What, what's the freeway there? It's 15, right? That's the north and south, I think. It goes right through uh, Salt Lake and Ogden, if I remember. Yeah, right. that's the one I took on yeah. the Dum Dum run. Yeah. Right. <laughs> his sister said the family has no idea where the little brother learned to drive a real car. Uh, his trip in the Lamborghini was nice, but his parents have grounded him and upped his chores as punishment. I saw a picture of this punk. He's one of those five-year-olds who could pass for about 15. Really? He, He's yeah, a big he kid. Was, uh, he was a big Jeez, kid. Are yeah. you He's ripping a, him? Yeah. Come on, man. Hell yes, I am. A little creep. That seems a little harsh. You're so mean. Yeah, yeah. That was wow. a little harsh. Wow. Uh, we've like lost the, a very. It's uh, like when the kids would call into Monday Night Sports Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Get off the phone, you little creep. Yeah. Hang up. Flick you in the ear. Go do your homework. <laughs> uh, we have lost a fine singer, one of my favorites, actually. Uh, Hillard Sweet P. Atkinson. Uh, He's best known for his work with Was Not Was back in the 1980s, but he sung with everybody. Uh, He was 74. According to Billboard, he died of a heart attack in Los Angeles, where he lived. Atkinson formed a powerhouse vocal duo with Sir Harry Bowen in Was Not Was, and the band spent the 80s releasing a string of acclaimed, increasingly successful records with blended pop, rock, funk, and R&B with surreal lyrics and absurdist flourishes. That was a launching pad. From there, he went on to sing uh, with Bob Dylan. He toured with Bonnie Raitt as a backup singer. He toured with Chris Christopherson as a backup singer. He toured with Lyle Lovett as a backup singer. All of that after Was Not Was broke up. Also started uh, a really good band with the guitars from Was Not Was. They were called the Bone Shakers. Randy Jacobs was the guitarist. Oh. Ten years years on the road, yeah, Uh, with that band, too. Uh, Just a really good singer. I thought somebody in was not was was actually named was Don Don was Don, does that Don sound right? was not Don, Don was, was a producer. Oh, well, okay. he's Don was was also the bass player, monster bass player in was not was. Uh, oh really? Okay. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he is now the uh, uh, the head of the president of Blue Note Records, the famous jazz label. Oh wow, and that's what he does for a living. He also, if you watch concerts on television, uh, he is the bass player. For most of those shows, he's got the big frizzy hair, and he always wears the hat and sunglasses. What concert? All concerts. If uh, say there's a tribute concert to anybody, oh. usually Don Don was is the musical director, put together the band. Oh, uh, you, you can't miss him if you see him. He looks right. uh, very very distinct. So, but his actual name not Don was, but <laughs> there were two two guys okay. who honest okay. to God, two, I, I can't. Two guys. Honest Thank to God. You. Thank you, John. Two, two no no two guys formed the band. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, they called themselves Don Was 
and David was, although that's oh. not the real names. Yeah. Okay. John, so thank they you. Became, was Fantastic. not was. Fuzzy oh, Wuzzy was a bear. No. Fuzzy no. Wuzzy has no Faith, hair. Fade, fade, fade out, Reaver, so 88, fade what up, dog? A great album. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> there, fade FYI. They, Boy, he's got a lot of pent-up info, doesn't he? They did a, a great song. <laughs> John, you're done. After that, it was called I Feel Better Than James Brown. Get it? Uh-huh. It feels good, you know. Yeah. I feel better than... Get it. Okay, thank you, John. See ya. Johnny. You guys, uh, I gotta go mow the lawn. Okay, okay, Johnny, that's <laughs> cut, great. Cut grass. You know See what they should get that? They should get that little Lamborghini kid, a uh, kids ATV from EcoFun Motorsports there in Forest Lake. They'll de- call them up. They'll ship it out to you. Get that kid out of off the freeway. Uh, right now, EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in Forest Lake is closed to normal foot traffic, but you can be there by appointment and check out the electric bikes, scooters, and motorcycles. If you don't want to go to the store, look up EcoFun Motorsports online. Pick out what you're most interested in. Give them a call. Be rung up over the phone. They can finish the paperwork at your house when they deliver the product to you. They'll deliver free in the Twin Cities area. All GLers are still getting preseason sale prices while in lockdown and free delivery in the Twin Cities area. Let's face it, until the political class comes to its senses, bike riding is going to be one of your main forms of Recreation and social distancing. And there's no better way to do it than on a Bentelli electric bike with five assist levels. Call EcoFun Motorsports today at 612-321-8867 to get yours or set up an appointment to get one. And uh, you'll enjoy the experience. EcoFunMotorsports.com. EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Mr. Positive, Mike Schoonover of Schoonover Body Works and Glass in Shoreview is on the line with us right now. They're, of course, our one-stop family-owned third-generation body shop and are the sole sponsors of uh, Positive Thursday here, or excuse me, Positive Thursday here at GL. And uh, hi, Mike. How you doing? Hey, fellas. Happy Positive Thursday. I'm doing great, thank you. Are the GLers still stopping in? I sure hope so. Well, um, they are. It's it's crazy. This is um, this is a good deal. We're really happy with this relationship, and um, GLers are great people. Aren't they great? It is. Okay. It's just wonderful. I've got to tell you a little personal note here. I just finished two straight weekends of doing hail damage repair on one of my houses up north, and it got me to thinking, what if this had been my truck or my tractor and what in the world is paintless dent repairs? I have no idea what that means. Good question, Kenny. Well, we are getting into that time of year of uh, having storms come through. So when uh, hail hits, uh, either if it's if it's minor, uh, you can you can either push it uh, out uh, or you can glue pull it with uh, with the paintless dent repair or PDR for those in the know. Uh, and uh, if it's worse or the, the paint gets cracked or something, then you got to do your conventional repair uh, of doing body work, or, or if it's really bad, you, um, you end up replacing those panels. So uh, let's see. what I'm trying to think, what would I prefer? Would I prefer full-on tons of damage and replace? Or I think I would prefer PDR, at least with the old farm truck, right? That seems simple. 
Well, it depends on what it is. I mean, uh, you know, whatever whatever is going to be the most cost-effective method and still give the best results, um, paintless dent repair is, uh, we're able to do that a lot. Um, But if it requires more than that, then, then we just deal with it. Okay, so the Schoonover uh, guarantee, does that hold true for PDR too? Absolutely. Nice. Uh, and that guarantee means uh, th- th- those repairs guaranteed for as long as you own the vehicle. They've been doing this for 80 years. Schoonover's always rated as one of the best body shops here in the Metro. When it comes to body shops, we know we all have a choice. We can go anywhere. Our choice here at Garage Logic, schoonoverbodyworks.com. I wanted to ask him if dry ice works, but you didn't hear me asking that question. On dents? Yeah. Have no, you done I, that? I told, no. Oh. I told Reavers to turn you down. So. <laughs> uh, you'll recall yesterday the story of the gal, who uh, Shelly Luther, who has a salon in North Dallas. and uh, She got arrested. Yes. $7,000 fine and a week in jail for opening her salon and... Uh, it d- develops now that Texas Lieutenant Governor uh, Dan Patrick says he will pay the $7,000 fine for her, and he offered to take her place in jail, which I think is a pretty interesting uh, thing for that guy to have done. You can't uh, do that, though, can you? I don't know. I don't know. Remember, she was offered a chance to issue an apology. This you know, she said, have, you know... Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it's not selfish to feed my kids, she told the judge. Are you kidding me? God almighty. This is from Dan. The 1968 flu pandemic caused illness of varying degrees of severity in different populations. For example, whereas illness was diffuse and affected only small numbers of people in Japan, it was widespread and deadly in the United States. Infection caused upper respiratory symptoms typical of influenza and produced symptoms of chills, fever, muscle pain, and weakness. These symptoms usually persisted for between four and six days. The highest levels of mortality were associated with the most susceptible groups, namely infants and the elderly. Although a vaccine was developed against the virus, it became available only after the pandemic had peaked in many countries. Now, I'm probably above my pay grade to make the following statement, but why do you think that pandemic peaked? Because our immunities were allowed to be in the game. It, it, it came through us, and we, we struggled with it, and then we came out the other side, having lost 100,000 people. We need to get Osterholm on again. We also should talk to the governor. I, inv- I emailed the governor and have not heard a response. Uh, he goes on the shows that are pretty much throw softballs yeah, at him. Lob him softballs. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not like we would you would pepper him anyway, but you would you would ask no, some no, some no, pointed no. questions. Joe, you mentioned yesterday the point of the lockdown was to slow the spread. You're absolutely right. The unfortunate deaths of those who will die from the virus has already been worked into the equation. That's why they can throw death toll numbers at us each time they revamp the modeling. What they really care about, though, is a triage deaths or deaths that didn't need to happen because of hospital shortages or crowding. We saw this in Italy, and it scared the hell out of U.S. politicians. Why? Because triage deaths can be held accountable to a failure of the system. Someone didn't do their job right, and now people die. What does the political class avoid at all cost? Accountability. So they yep. enact lockdowns, not as a means to an end, but as a Band-Aid as the fix, uh, as the fix to what needs fixing. Personally, I have no issue with that, and in many cases, it worked as a net benefit. 
However, why do governments make sweeping declarations and not county to county? Why uh, can one Target be open but not mom and pop stores? Why can't your barbershop be open if it takes proper precautions? Well, once again, it's accountability. Sweeping declarations rarely make sense when you look at them empirically, but they make for easy governing as long as people don't make a fuss. If your barber can open, it breaks the dam, and now all businesses must get their due process, or else the government could be called discriminators. This isn't new, though. Think about age limitations. Why you can serve your country at 18, but not enjoy a best beer legally until 21. Were 18-year-olds mature enough to smoke a year ago, but not now? Sweeping declarations are often arbitrary, but make for easy governing, because I said so. Opening up will depend on the individual powers that must be that be mustering up the will to make decisions that some may like or not like in the worst case backfire on them. This doesn't seem like a huge risk when we trust these people to run our governments, but accountability is in small demand these days. From time to time, we see stories of police officers kicking people out of parks or judges putting barbers in jail. It makes for good discourse to say they are out to ruin America, but take a second and think. It is It is not also likely that these people are just doing their jobs. If they don't enforce what the higher powers dictate, they are doing their job and face the consequences. I personally work at a grocery store. Three months ago, customers were told to bring their own bags or pay for store bags. Now I face frequent and justified frustration when I inform them I cannot bag their personal bags. I didn't make the rule, but if I don't follow it, I will be fired and rightly so. I am also an F-22 mechanic in the Air Force. Fixing jets is often a group endeavor. However, new guidance makes our jobs more difficult and things take longer to do. The big difference is in the military, you make do with what you get and adjust yourself accordingly. The moral is if you have an issue with the laws, take your fury out on the legislators, not the enforcers. Otherwise, try your best to make do with what you get. Also, why during the crisis, many call for military intervention. We're pretty good at putting out dumpster fires with no hoses. Uh, very respectfully, Patrick from Anchorage, Alaska. Patrick from Anchorage, Alaska. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts are that he's right on the money. You're right on the money. The political class taken as a taken together uh, has virtually created a system by which there is no accountability. It's so big and so multi-layered and so redundant that there's always another place to go. You know, our friend Chris up in Duluth, the, the gal who initially told us about the. The great, pitching, the great pitching in for snow removal? Yeah. She had the, uh, during Christmas season of 1968, she had a bout of the Hong Kong flu. Oh. She was eight years old and living with her grandparents and mom and sister on the west side of St. Paul. She writes, my mom was a nurse and got one of the docs she worked for to meet us at their office in the Lowry Medical Arts Building in downtown St. Paul. Let me pause there. That's where my mom always took us kids. And if she got impatient waiting for the doctor, she'd say, watch this, and light up a cigarette, and the doctor would come in right away. (laughs) (laughs) uh, The doc met us at the Medical Arts Building in downtown St. Paul on Christmas Eve morning. All I remember is a giant hypodermic needle and lots of crying. The doc told my mom that if I wasn't much better by the day after Christmas, he'd put me in the hospital. On Christmas morning, I was only allowed to leave my room for 20 minutes, and I was too sick to open a present. That night, my symptoms having not improved at all, my no-nonsense German grandmother 
mixed up some sort of witch's brew home ready remedy that was a kind of gruel made from oatmeal, warm milk, and a generous shot of Irish whiskey. Mm. She stood over me and made sure I drank it all, tucked me into bed, and said as she left the room, if that doesn't cure you, nothing will. She was right. I woke up 15 hours later feeling much better, although I've never been sure if it was the whiskey or the threat that did the trick. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not have to go to the hospital. Alas, I did spend my whole Christmas break sick, but got well just in time to go back to school after New Year's. Uh, she signs off pushing back in St. Louis County, where we have 86 COVID cases, 11 deaths, and one ICU patient. One so ICU whiskey. patient. I'm well, making a note of that. And Mike uh, Flepson writes, uh, he's our guy in Arizona who was headed back to Duluth the other day. Mm-hmm. All hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Hail you. He wanted a little enthusiasm from the minions. Hey, that was pretty good. On our drive Not back bad. to Duluth from Phoenix, we spotted a huge row of lilacs in full bloom on Monday, May 4 at mile marker 10 on I-35 in southern Iowa. The mayor expects his sometimes in mid Sometime in mid-May. No, I'm more of a late-May guy, Mike. And ours in Duluth should be in early June. Just like the fall colors, if you don't have to travel to see the lilacs, they come to you. Love being back in cool and comfortable Duluth. We did 1,925 miles in two days with only one motel night, 28 hours at the wheel, averaging 69 miles an hour, including gas stops. The only slowdown was a nasty hour-long downpour and 40 to 70 mile an hour crosswinds south of Kansas City that put more than two dozen semis on their sides. Uh, Did he loyal listener, say anything about seeing deer or raccoon or dead no. uh, animals in the road? Or, no. Uh, which way the wind was blowing or what color the road signs are? Or any other interesting facts? Yeah, they did give the mayor a tip of the cap from the practice freeway about 7 o'clock Monday. A Grunhofer stop will have to be another trip. Well, that's fantastic. Nice. That's yeah, fantastic. That was, was great. Jordy notes, <laughs> New York City Mayor Dil, Bill de Blasio and New York Police Department Commissioner Dermot Shea stated outright this week that people are not permitted to gather for protests in public <laughs> due to the coronavirus pandemic. If they can, and uh, Jordy notes, if they can get away with it this time, it won't be the last. Any perceived emergency will be grounds for denying any and all liberties and freedoms once this precedent has been established. Amendment 1. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Hmm? Number one. Number Mm. one. That's number one. That's number one, Kenny. That's number Number one. one. Say, uh, you won't be swimming this week, but it's a good time to call Aquaside and get your beach ready. Aquaside will get rid of the weeds and the unwanted vegetation. Aquaside has been doing this since 1956 with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of anything from weeds to algae. Aquaside lakefronts are free of weeds and muck. The products are easy to use, begin working right away. And Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, which means their products are completely safe for you, the fish, and your family. So don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call them today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350. 1-800-328-9350. 
328-9350 or go to aquaside.com. Aquaside is the official lake weed removal company of Garage Logic mm. and its centerpiece public attraction, Spoon Lake. We'll be back shortly. Here's a man that's growing more impatient without each minute. Joe Souchere. Hey, uh, I know we're all dying to get out of the house, so how about we go swing the clubs? That's right, golf courses are open in Wisconsin, and we'd love it if you would book a tee time with our new partners at Siren National Golf Club in Siren, Wisconsin. They are, of course, following all safety protocols to ensure your safety and the course employees. It's just about an hour and a half from the Twin Cities. Our friends, Jeff and Sarah, they are the owners, and they are true diehard GLers. You know what an hour and a half is? That's nothing. 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 They are very excited to welcome all of you GLers to their course. It's a beautiful 19-hole championship course. Yes, they have an extra hole. Mature pine and hardwood forest lines, bent grass fairways and greens, a lot of great natural features like woods, water, and rock, and there are no houses on this course. You are in the North Woods, baby. It's perfect for both veteran and beginner golfers. It's also extremely affordable. Jeff and Sarah have priced rounds very fair. They want people to have fun without breaking the bank. Book your tee times now at sirennational.com. We would love it if you could support our fellow GLers. Get up there, say hi to Jeff and Sarah, and please let them know that Garage Logic sent you. Again, book your tee time at sirennational.com. I have a positive note for Positive Thursday. Thank God. Uh, Tim Finally. lets me. Tim lets me know that the 4th of July fireworks will return to Mount Rushmore for the first time in <gasps> over a decade. You're kidding! This patriotic display was discontinued during the Obama administration due to environmental concerns. Yeah, right. In this year where nothing is allowed, President Trump has actually authorized the resumption of fireworks. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem recently recounted her conversation with the president about Mount Rushmore. I said, Mr. President, you should come to South Dakota sometime. We have Mount Rushmore. And he said, do you know it's my dream to have my face on Mount Rushmore? Wait till Coven gets a hold of that one. She she said, said, no, get get this. She said, I started laughing. He wasn't laughing. He was totally serious. Oh, Oh, Don, 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 Don. Oh, Oh, my God. God. He should order it. Can he order it? <laughs> yeah, he can order, order, try to order it. <laughs> Earlier in the show, I wait, mentioned... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, I wanted to mention something. I didn't know that they had discontinued that at Mount Rush, because we yeah. were planning... My wife went to high school in Wall, South Dakota. Really? And yeah. we were planning on making a trip out there this summer, and I was we thinking about there. 4th of July. Well, listen, guys. We, we were there, actually. I think it was two days before the 4th we went through there. And they said the reason they don't do it is because of fire uh, danger, because it's so dry in the hills, and they're all like pines and conifers and stuff like that. One of the greatest motorcycle rides I ever had was winding through this highway from which you could get occasional glimpses of Mount Rushmore. Where was I, Kenny? Custer State Uh, Park, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, just, it was great. It's, it's unbelievable. It's it's just what great. a perfect way to do it on a motorcycle. Say, earlier in the show, I read an email from John Brett who introduced us to the idea of Hanlon's Razor. Hanlon's Razor is a means of eliminating unlikely explanations or conspiracy theories. 
Never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by ignorance, negligence, or incompetence. So during a couple of the breaks here, I, I went farther and looked it up. Hanlon's razor is an aphorism that says, Never attribute to malice that which is actually explained by stupidity. In simpler words, some bad things happen, not because of people having bad intentions, but because they did not think it through properly. The quotation is attributed to Robert J. Hanlon of Scranton, Pennsylvania. According to his friend Joseph Bigler, Hanlon first used it as part of something he wrote for a compilation of various jokes related to Murphy's Law. The compilation book was published in 1980 titled Murphy's Law, Book 2, More Reasons Why Things Go Wrong. The name was inspired by Occam's Razor. I didn't look that one up. Kenny, can you look that one up? Please. O-C-C-A-M apostrophe S. The name Hanlon's Razor was inspired by Occam's Razor. There are many similar sayings. One example is never ascribed to malice, that which is adequately explained by incompetence, which has been cited by science fiction author Robert Heinlein's short story in 1941 to Napoleon Bonaparte. What's Occam's Razor? Uh, Entities should not be multiplied without necessity. (laughs) Boy, does that apply to the government. Doesn't it? Yeah. In yes. other words, we, we've we've accidentally been right. If you want to use the Hanlon's razor aphorism, it's not that Governor Walls uh, is is stupid or incompetent or negligent or or has bad intentions. It's that he hasn't thought this through. Is that is that safe? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, safe. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Wrapping that up, he and he's not alone. Como hasn't thought it through. He's been CNN gives him an hour each day, and he's basically been saying the same thing every day. He's now he's got to be coming to the realization that the stay-at-home orders took the human immunity system out of the game. Thus, the latest statistics from New York: the last one thousand people admitted to the hospital with coronavirus, sixty-six percent of whom had sheltered in place. It's a virus. It's nature. It's not something a bureaucrat can identify and handle. Bureaucrats can identify and handle many things, but they can't eradicate a virus. Well, again, short of funding, uh, uh, vaccine research, etc. But the idea of taking us out of the equation and making us medical wards of the government doesn't work. And I, I, I urge the governors of the country to rectify this as soon as possible before it does lead to civil unrest. Too many people are having their spirits broken. Too many people are not being able to feed their kids. Too many people are going to lose jobs because the the place they work will never come back. Too many restaurants are never going to reopen. Too many bars are never going to reopen. Too many theaters are never going to reopen. The concert business could be irredeemably changed. Too much will change unless you put us back in the game. Let my immunity play ball. I hope it doesn't kill me. So do we. Yeah. Where are you guys screwed if it does? <laughs> why, do you, why do you think we want you right where you're at? <laughs> oh, I think I uh, sent you home a month and a half ago. <laughs> 
Oh, that is a great saying, Hanlon's razor. It's it's a way to cut people slack, isn't it? It's a way to well, not jump to the immediate social media reaction and you know get your musket and your rebel flag and think that the governors are trying to take you to a dark place. No, no, no. They haven't thought it through. They haven't come to the realization. They haven't been able to acknowledge the sea change of the last 50 years of American life. We are not bigger than nature. We just aren't and never will be. I think a better phrase or uh, whatever you called it, better than Hanlon's razor, and I'm wondering, can this be attributed to you? Uh, What you said and what you've been repeatedly saying, and today is the first time I've heard you say it, you've taken the human immunity system out of the game. I have yeah. not heard anybody else say that except you here today. And I think, and I, I hate kissing your butt like this. But I wish you wouldn't. I, th- I, I think it's brilliant. I'm sorry. But that's what's I, I happened. Think, I think you're right on. Yeah, they've taken me out of the game. And the other part is... And the only natural defense, I'm sorry, Chris. No, you're right. The you're- only natural defense in absence of a miracle medicine or a miracle vaccine, the only defense is our own nature. It's nature versus nature. Your nature is a virus. My nature is my immunity and my body's willingness to adapt and fight and wrestle with it. And they've taken me out of the game. Put us back in the game, Tim. Put us back in the game. And Hanlon's razor is much different than Harry's razors uh, with the post shave balm. Pat here for Hanlon's razor. Never let anything be adequately explained if it's too stupid. Look, here's the deal you're a dumbass. It goes something like this. You shave with this, and then you're adequately explained with a bad intention because you weren't, didn't notice what color blue was the same color as the red paint. Oh, you dumb bleeper! Was, Just let me write this down. Was Harry's razors the ad campaign when Pat started, and you asked him what what word makes you decide which emphasis you're going to put on it? You know, when you're reading the copy points. Oh, that was that was Josh. Oh, that's right. That was the what, Josh. When do you decide to when do you decide Pat to elevate your voice? What? <laughs> How does that work? Because he would always go, Pulse Shave Bomb. Pulse Shave Bomb! <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Schmelz Countryside, open today till 5 p.m., open tomorrow till 5 p.m., Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. These are coronavirus updated hours. They're trying to keep their staff, staff safe. They're trying to keep you safe. And that's why they've gone to on-site sales by appointment only. So ultimately, no browsing the sales floor. You have to make an appointment. It's good and safe for everybody. On-floor employees are working half shifts to limit exposure. Exposure, Cleaning and disinfecting is happening throughout the day. And uh, uh, some fantastic news right now. There's no interest for 72 months on all 2019 and 2020 VWs. Stop there. Stop there. Think about that. No interest for 72 months on all to 2019 and 2020 VWs. There's an extra bonus with deferred payment of 120 days. And yes, this even applies to the all new 2020 VW Atlas Cross Sport. Fascinating new uh, entry into the uh, lineup of the SUV field. Uh, Here's what you do. There's three great websites. There's Schmelz. 
VW.com. Then you get inventory prices, uh, statistics, the whole thing, everything you need to know. SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. Pick out the vehicle you're most interested in and call them. Call 651-243-4316. Make an appointment. Go and kick your own tires in peace. You'll be left alone. Everything's sanitized. Take the test drive. Bing, bang, boom. They couldn't have made it any easier. This is where I shop. These are great vehicles. They got a lot of panache. I'll be there again in the fall because right now I'm between cars. Mm -hmm. And I'm driving uh, leaky old British cars that that leak oil (laughs) and... uh, uh, are not trustworthy enough to go on a fishing uh, uh, opener on one take of gas. I can't do it. I don't know where I'd end up. I don't know where I'd end up. So I'll be back at uh, I'll be back at Schmel's Countryside. You can bet on it in uh, in the fall. Uh, in the meantime, check it out for yourself. You won't be disappointed. It's Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and quadrant. 61. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hamlin's Razor. Yes, sir. I love learning new phrases like that. That's a good one. Hamlin's Razor. Don't attribute that to malice when you can easily write it off to stupidity. (laughs) You know, I I believe we've unwittingly been saying that for years about different things and events and occurrences. Because we've been hesitant to fly the black helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. We've been just hesitant to fly the black helicopter. And each time I get an email that wants me to fly the black helicopter, invariably I track the story down and discover that it is not essentially true as has been presented to me. Well, like you did today with the uh, story out of Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. They weren't going to lock you up in quarantine internment camps. But when the mics go off, we're all flying the black helicopters all over the joint. Well, we're not we're, we're not getting paid when the mics are That's off. That's true. Right? <laughs> not really. Not really. <sighs> oh, I am. <laughs> well, boys, wasn't very positive, but it's hey, positive. we gave her a it, shot. It's positive in the sense that we're seeing the light at our own of our own intellectual tunnel on this thing. You mean we're one day closer? We're one day closer. That's right. And thank you to Mike Schoonover of Schoonover Body Works and Glass, where soon, very soon, you will be able to pick up a GL sticker. As soon as Joe gets up there. I got to get my butt out there. Uh, Lexington and what? County Road what? County Road E. All right. I'll be able to do that. It's up there. Yeah, you can get them. You can you can get them. GarageLogic.com is your home, along with PodMN, for past GL episodes. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. Have a great positive Thursday, GLers.